This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how science fiction, horror, fantasy, and comics help us explore our humanity. All right, today we have Donald Mowat again coming to us on Sci-Fi Talk. One of the things he just recently did was he was the department head for hair, prosthetics, and makeup for Moon Knight. And uh, a very trippy, but a very fun show to watch. (laughs) So starting off, Oscar is playing two different versions of the same person. Right. Makeup wise, how did you approach each, you know, to do Mark and then Steven? Well, you know, I think um, it was very confusing for other people. It wasn't, you know, it's one of those things that when you're in it, and I think people who, who know the story and know the characters, I think who, and they love it, they get it. I think when you don't know it, certainly people on the crew, I used to scratch my head thinking, um, I couldn't explain it to people. He is still the same person. Right. There was a great misconception sometimes with the ADs and even, you know, costume department or, you know, and I'm not poking fun or criticizing. I think what happens is when the world of makeup, there's subtle nuances where suddenly they go, okay, now he's going to be Mark. Now he's going to be Steven. And I think there's a kind of expectation that we're, we're doing some huge elaborate makeup and hair change. No, it's the same guy. So for people, you know, watching and listening, I think for me, I was very kind of, what are we talking about? Because the first AD would come to me going, okay, Donald, how long is this change going to take? And I'd be like, guys, it's not, like we're not it's Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, I use for reference and, and Oscar loved my reference was Roman Polanski and the Tenant. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. And, and I also really like the idea of Ray Fiennes in, in Cronenberg's Spider. Oh, yeah. Because we're talking about personality disorders, schizophrenia. I am not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I have no medical or science degree. Not, well, most people don't who are, are working on these. So I don't want to start throwing out names of things. And Oscar was very respectful of that. We weren't trying to start making a judgment. All we knew is that Stephen is perhaps one way. Mark is another. And he'd asked me, what do you think? And I said, my, my feeling is you go sometimes in, in film and television with sort of stereotypes. It's just how it is, right? Um, and what we talked about was Stephen sort of sweaty and fidgety and kind of funny hair and greasy. And and I just said jet lag, jet lag. There's something about that bleary eyed. He doesn't sleep. He's fidgety, the bed, waking up in the morning, uh, maybe dirty fingernails, things like that, which you see with people who are not always stable, who don't look at themselves properly. And, and then Mark is a different, you know, stronger and tan and a bit virile and just that sort of all American, and so that's what we did. But I was very, it was very confusing because on many given days, and really Oscar gets all the credit for this, his performance, he did switch from one to the other, but it is the same person. Yeah. And it was very difficult and he worked extremely hard and, and so did we to help do this. And then creating doubles and twinning doubles. So I kept referring to, again, Cronenberg and and you know, going back to Dead Ringers, how they twin Jeremy Irons with with hair and makeup. 
Yeah, 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 exactly right. Yeah, I did notice a subtle difference between the two. I could tell them apart easily. And then Oscar did the rest. You know, he opened his mouth and I knew who was talking and who it was. An amazing yeah. performance and, and, and challenging. And man, he yeah. made it. He makes everything he does look effortless. You know? uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then the people that come in and, you know, excuse me, stunt doubles and photo doubles and people who then lend to that because within while he's Stephen, excuse me, somebody has to be Mark and do the lines for him. And then yeah. vice versa. And that person then has to have a wig on so that over the shoulder and then VFX come in. And co- so it was what I loved about it was it really was the marriage of, of VFX and makeup, hair and cinematography and costume and all of us working in unison to then make it all a seamless, uh, seamless transformation. Yeah. When they were both in, on camera at the same time, that was amazing how that worked. I mean, it was really, really cool. And it's interesting. The bond between them was really cool too. You know, you could, it's the same person, but you know, it's two halves of the same person. So right. uh, together they make, they, they make the guy. So I, I, I kind of got that, you know, I understood that. That was, it was really an amazing performance and everything. Also, Added to it, when he became Moon Knight, when he was Steven as Moon Knight, he had one costume that Megan Kasperlick designed, and I interviewed her when she did the costumes for Watchmen. And also when he was Mark as Moon Knight, he had a different costume too. So again, it was a nice differentiation, and I appreciated that. And uh, it just, it all rounded out to me to create this character and make him real to me. So it was just really cool the way that happened. And you had, of course, designing a beautiful woman and, and make you, doing her, May Kalamawi was just gorgeous. I mean, Thank that you. hair and everything, it was just gorgeous. Thank how you. Did you. How did you kind of approach her? Well, I, I'm really glad you're asking about May because, you know, she's newer to the business and, and, um, and I'd seen her in Rami and I think she's great and um, I'd met her very briefly in, in pre-production. You know what I what I loved about her, and, and certainly working with May and, and Mohammed and Diab and um, the whole Egyptian influence and Cairo and, and London and contemporary was that everyone kind of let me do my thing. And sometimes we've talked about this a little bit before. Yeah. In, in what we do, all, well, for all of us, you do your thing. I don't interfere. I'm not telling you questions to ask. I kind of feel like how come, you know, in a lot of jobs, people don't get to let us do what we do. And when I met May, I thought, well, it's natural. It's, it's, um, she has natural textured hair, if you will. She is an Arab woman. She's Palestinian and Egyptian. We're about modern Cairo and London. There's a lot of different ethnicities in this, in this program. Um, and, and Mohammed wanted her to have a natural, no makeup look. He was very adamant. She would have a little makeup at the beginning. We would, he really was at, and the hair had to be really, it had to feel like a, a, an Arab woman's hair, an Egyptian woman's hair. And that's what it is. And so we weren't straightening, we weren't doing so. And my team were fantastic because everyone understood what we were doing and so there's a lot of firsts and not everyone understands that. And I, I think it's very important to stress this. It's not just about people being, you know, people needing to be aware, but even people within the crew, not understanding that 
there are cultural differences and people not used to seeing how people actually really look. Right. And you've seen people when they've had their hair straightened and makeup that's different to align with more Western influence. And May is, is a doll. She's really a dream because she's charming and wonderful to have in the chair and let us do what I thought was right. And Muhammad and, 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 uh, and the guys, you know, Benson and Moorhead, I just, and they just yes. do it. Everyone just let us do our thing. So I'm very, very happy about that. Yeah. I've actually spoken to Benson and Moorhead here at the Tribeca Film Festival when they did an amazing film called The Endless, which is. That's uh, right. That's right. And, and they have a new one out too, as a matter of fact. I just reported on it the other day. So they're amazing directors and they always yeah. star in their films too, which is kind of neat. Yeah, they're kind of um, really sort of a kind of renaissance men, aren't they? And they're, yeah. and they're really nice people. And, and I'm glad you said that because I, I feel like one of them, and I, can't, I always mix them up, it takes, <laughs> a, it takes a second. One of them actually was an intern for a very good friend of mine at Warner Brothers. Oh, so wow. I feel like it ages me a little bit. And I think they were interns, uh, but I really enjoyed working with them. And I think they're, they have major careers ahead of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got that, too. When I interviewed him, I said, these guys, and, the lights are on in everybody's home here, you know? <laughs> isn't that something? I'm still yeah. glad you said that. Yeah, absolutely. Before we move on from May, I, her look as a superhero was awesome, too. <laughs> Loved it. A great costume again. And then yeah, Megan did a great job with that. Her, Megan and her team, I mean, had done a great job because it's a transformation. We did a test of that. So, you know, giving everyone credit, we did a test actually after a very long late night shooting outside somewhere. I can't remember, yeah. but I do remember Grant coming to me saying, Don, do you think it's possible and I was like, oh, gosh, on Saturday. And we did. And we said, you know what? We'll do what we have to do. And we had a very late night till two or three in the morning. And Megan and myself and one of my crew, another Megan, went in early on Saturday. And we went to the costume fitting. It was a beautiful costume. Megan had a ton of people working on that costume. And we went in and made that hair bigger and did a different makeup. And it was really good. And, and I liked it. And I felt, I thought it looked great. I thought it looked great in the world that it felt like it made her stronger. And it, yeah. there was something about it. And it all worked. It came together. So Megan Costume did a great job. And, and you know, I think a lot, of it, um, a lot of it has to go to our DPs. You know, we had two. And, you know, Greg and... and and uh, wonderful Palermo. And, and I think they did an incredible job on VFX, but everything worked. Yeah. And, and so I think as, as for that test was worth it because I think we had to shoot it on the Monday and we were, you know, we didn't have enough turnaround time. And that's of course what happens. Mm -hmm. You yeah. have to make a decision and Grant is an incredible showrunner. And again, you know, there's plenty of jobs now where you kind of go, ah, oh, just let me do what I do. <laughs> I think that when people do, you get the best work out of people. I, I agree with that. Absolutely. And, and so there we go. Hey, thank you for listening to Sci-Fi Talk. But stick around. I have more. Let's get back to Sci-Fi Talk. I'm Tony Tolato. Ethan Hawke. Interesting. Yes. Um, approaching him and uh, uh, yeah. his character. 
Uh, you know, the hair was a little different than when I've seen him in. And then, of course, he had two looks, the, the, uh, the faux psychiatrist and, of course, his yeah, yeah. look. Yeah. So talk about kind of working on him. And uh, we, we will talk about the tattoo, which was uh, I know a lot of departments went into that. Well, I mean, uh, again, you know, I have to say it wasn't so we had, uh, you know, old, you know, colleague of mine, David, came on to look after Ethan's makeup and, and my team, uh, Kay and Megan, you know, dealt with his hair. I have to say at first I was a little bit like I, you know, the whole long hair and it, it's a very tough character to establish. I would say in the in the scheme of things, one can't you don't always love what the actors want. And everybody listening, it's the truth. I'm, I'm really a very transparent man. Sometimes you go, uh, yeah, really? Mm-hmm. I think it's cliche. I wasn't loving it. I didn't love initially his makeup and hair test and costume. I didn't love it initially. I have to say, I changed my mind. I thought when you're in that world, it's a character. It's, he's not the, the person you think of automatically. But he did a very good job because once he was in it, he was in it. And I've worked with Ethan on a couple of films. Uh, I hadn't seen him in 15 years. And at first I thought the long hair, uh, I don't know. But this is what was right. It did work. In the end, he was right to have this long kind of, I call it hippie hair. Um, <laughs> he was right to have it because I'll tell you why. Sometimes in, in a program or a film or any project, we do lose sight of looking ahead and the foresight. Yeah. And of course, we had that episode. We had to talk about asylum and the, the fake faux doctor and all of that. And then that led us to what do we do? And that was a great moment because to me, it's the Rosemary's Baby moment where everyone sort of reappears and you go, oh, that could be like Dr. Saperstein or that's this one. And, and maybe I've intellectualized it too much for what it is, but it is to me, that's how I work. And, and the actors love it because I love films and TV. And, and I went, okay, but it helped us because then we were able to take that hair and I had my wonderful wig makers make a wonderful wig that matched his hair. So when you see him as the faux doctor, that's a wig. Oh, wow. Would have never known that. So that is a three, we call that a three quarter wig uh, ah. that was made. And then uh, my facial hair people in, in the UK made a mustache. Oh, okay. And that's a mustache, of course. And yeah. the- and then Ethan was very great and open. We did a test with David and Kay and all my team, and we measured him up and we had time and we had time on our side to make that wig. And it was, it was kind of a great look on him. Yeah. We wouldn't have had the option. Had we done him with shorter hair, where would we have gone? Yeah. And so I think that maybe, what do you call that? Fortuitous. If we had, cut his hair or gone shorter and tying in a ponytail would have been not good. Uh, just something about it. And it was a bit Steve Martin from that movie where it's in a ponytail. <laughs> you have to be careful when you create a character that can go caricature. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right? a tightrope. Yeah. <laughs> a real tightrope. And, and so that's what happened. And then the other characters, you know, our gold guy and I forget his name and, and, and Billy and Bobby and different things. So 
um, it was fun for me. And then kind of bringing everybody down like May and, and then Oscar and, and the whole Mark and Steven and the contact lenses for dilated pupils and kind of drugged. And I gave him sort of swollen cheeks with cotton yeah. cheeks yeah. So slurred. And he was, he was slobbering a little bit. And that was cotton in his cheeks, like Marlon Brando and The Godfather. Yes, that's right. That's awesome. That's really, thank you for sharing that. It's really amazing. But, you know, we talked about this is you're not making people up. You're creating characters so that when the actor is totally right. in makeup, they're, they're halfway there because they just have to supply the rest because um, they're that's not, right. it's not Oscar Isaac anymore. It's that's Stephen right. and Mark and that's Moon Knight. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. really it. And that's uh, that's what I love about really talented makeup artists like yourself. You create characters, and if Thank they're you. good at it, you know, they're then you notice that it's not the same person. Well, you're very kind. I think it's a it's a fine line because I think someone like Oscar or Ethan, I mean, all of them really. It's a fine line because when it's a famous face, you also have to consider that. Yeah. Oh, sure. If you're not doing full-on prosthetics, if you're not doing like Sean Penn or somebody doing a complete transformation in a hugely elaborate prosthetics makeup, um, you know, what co my colleague, brilliant Kazu would do to Gary Oldman or something that took months in preparation. This yeah. is for streaming TV. What are you going to do? You have to come up with things, but it's still Oscar Isaac. And I think that the audience will easily turn on you if you start to do something where you go aha but glasses you know ethan we could do the glasses and the mustache at one point he asked me he said donald what do you think of a beard and david his makeup guy looked at it and he said you know what the beard's a bit eh. it's a little cheesy a little yeah cheesy. would have been too much yeah, but sometimes less is more and simple is hard. It's very hard. We've talked about this. Yeah. Getting the hair and those little bits of the white, which occur in his longer hair. So mm -hmm. it's a reveal. And Oscar, the contact lenses for me were like the pièce de résistance. And Oscar was into it, but a lot of actors don't want to do it. And it made such a difference. And he is a um, consummate professional and yeah. wanted to do it. So we did it. And that was it. That's awesome. You know, another, you worked with Jared again on Mobius and, and doing his makeup. Yeah, I stepped in. I actually, to be fair, I mean, oh. that was Connor O'Sullivan and Jeremy Woodhead were the makeup prosthetics and makeup and hair designers for that okay. film. I stepped in um, on the reshoots because Jared and I had worked together before a few times oh, yeah? uh, on The Little Things, mm -hmm. which I loved, you know, I loved it. And Blade Runner, of course, 2049. Yes. And, had um, these reshoots to do additional photography in LA and Jared said, Hey, can you come and do it? So I rang up call uh, Connor and Jeremy and they said, you know, be our guest. <laughs> and reshoots are usually for a makeup artist are usually very trying experience, very uh, challenging to match people. Mm -hmm. And it's a big endurance test for us. And most people and anyone listening who does what we do will go, oh, God, we don't want to do it. And that's your reaction. You <laughs> don't want to take on someone else's work to match it. But I did. And, and so I'm thankful for the experience. And, and, uh, but it was not my film to take credit for. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, uh, but it was a lot of fun for the, the week and a half or so we did. Mm -hmm. 
Can you say what you're working on now in Budapest or is it too top secret yet? I think I'm allowed. I mean, I think I'm allowed to say it's part two of um, Denis Villeneuve's <sighs> Frank Herbert's Dune. Oh, wonderful. That is music to my ears. I just actually watched it again because I have HBO Max and, and a nice big 65-inch big screen. I'm here and I've been here for a week or so. Wow. Well, wow. no, that's cool. And I know there's some new characters that we're going to see too. So as I'm not going to, we're not going to go into that, but uh, it, it's uh, looking forward to seeing what he does. I mean, it's uh, the first one. I, I just watched it again. And give you an idea. My wife joined me. She goes, I just watched the first few minutes. She ended up staying for the whole movie. <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, you know, there's very, we've, you know, in the times we've talked, I feel like um, I'm a very lucky man because it's, it's um, look, you know, uh, it's 35, 30, I don't know, you start to count. I don't know what happens. 37 years, mm. you don't get too many jobs. You feel like, oh, I can't believe I got to work on that. I can't believe I got to work on that. But there's not this a handful of things, and that is really one of them. So it doesn't come often, does it? And so that is one of them. And, and uh, I feel very fortunate. And very lucky to have had the experience. And, and um, it doesn't happen very often, that's for sure. And I, I will say, watching it again and, and seeing Lady Jessica, and I know the work you did on her, I fell in love with her all over again. I mean, uh -huh. when, that was just, she just, between everything, the makeup, the costume, and then just her, she just did it. That was such a I great part. You know, it really makes me happy to hear that because I, I really think she's a, I think she's an incredible performer and I oh, love, yeah. I really do. I like them all. There was everybody in the film and it's, you know, people, oh, I loved everybody, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not that person. I don't, I'm, I'm I don't feel like I love everybody and <laughs> I don't, <laughs> um, but I do. I, I love everybody in this film and I love Denis Villeneuve and we have a long history now but Rebecca Ferguson has a, a hold on me. And I thought she was very good in the film along with oh. Tim and the glue of, because what they do in the film is so special. And, and of course, Oscar. And, and of, then, of, you know, there's a, a kind of a thing that he asked me to work on. I wasn't able to do scenes, uh, scenes from a marriage in the pandemic. And, you know, uh, yeah. father was, you know, at the end of his life and there were no. things happening. And it was, you know, not a great time for most of us. And but when Oscar said, you know, Moon Knight, I thought, you know what? Okay, I'm in. It was a hard time for me. But sometimes we do what we do. But the family, the the world of Denis and and the Dune family and Mary Parent, they've been. It's a really, it's a happy place. It's we work hard. We 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 like each other a lot. That's great to hear that. Yeah, I think it shows on the screen if a production had problems or not. Sometimes it doesn't, but some, usually it does. And uh, you could tell that everybody was on the same page for that one. Yeah, it's well, you know, I've, I've thought over the years when, when I was younger, I used to think if a film, well, maybe I'm wrong. If a film is a lot of fun, it's not a very good film. And if a film is really fraught you know with lots of stuff it's 
it's really good. Mm-hmm. And I used to say that Dune was a masterpiece, not because it was fraught with like torment, but it was not. You didn't, you were exhausted. I mean, it was yeah. hard work, but so was Prisoners, so was Sicario, mm-hmm. so was Blade Runner 2049. They weren't films where you joked around all day and you didn't party. I've been on jobs like that where you were like, who, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and to some extent, Moon Knight, because Oscar worked hard. We worked hard. Yeah. To, to bring I mean, You had to because of the nature of the story. It was not something that you could just kind of wing it. You have to really have your head in the game on something you, like that. You do. I think just figuring out Oscar, Oscar you know, and then <laughs> Jake thing, which I'm still not sure, but I do. I mean, there, there were moments that I thought, is that? And with the doubles, because there was a little slight difference in the hair of Stephen and Mark. And, and sometimes I think, you know, maybe did we make them too perfect? And, and little things that I, as a, per, you know, just me as an individual, did I not throw my weight around a bit more and say, maybe we, we should have done this. And it's a very fine line of presenting a character yeah. for the audience to go, oh, should we? And that's what I loved about working with May because she's newer. I don't want to say malleable. It's not the right word, but because she's open, you can talk to her. She'll say, Don, give me a list of films give me a list of films you think I should watch. And I love that. I'm, she's sort of open and That's wants nice. to read and know things. And I'm kind of, wow, this is my kind of girl. Yeah. No, I love her. I think she's, I think she's going to do some wonderful things going forward. I do too. Thank you so much. And thanks for sharing that about Dune. That makes me extremely happy. And uh, again, great work on, uh, so on Moon Knight. Uh, really Thank just, so just amazing. And, I'm glad uh, you like it. And, and for, yeah. And I think all those people and yeah, the characters and, you know, me, my team, they worked hard. We, we really, oh, yeah. worked, they did a good job. Everyone worked hard and yeah. And, and, you know, represent, you know, representational, we had a, a cast oh, yeah. from all over the world and, you know, we don't get, we don't talk about it a lot. And I think it's nice that we can, and our cast were great and to work with people from Egypt and, you know, all kinds of things. And I thought that was really important. Oh, I agree. I mean, diversity is, I, I talk about it a lot. <laughs> so thank you. you know, thank Cause you. I'm Latino. So, I mean, you know, I mean, that's another, th- I'm thrilled about Oscar's career. I mean, it's just putting that out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. So, well, thanks for speaking with me. As yeah, always. absolutely. Donald. It's I, my I see you talk after, after part two. Yeah, oh, I, I, you can count on that. You know where to find me. Yes, yes, yes. I will. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to Sci-Fi Talk. Hi, this is John Ottman, composer and editor of Superman Returns, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Talk. 